0: Dear fellow wanderers in this desert of sin, peace is yours through the living water, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has so thoroughly demonstrated his love for us. Amen. God's word for our deeper consideration, as I said, the Old Testament book of Exodus, chapter 17. I reread the first part of verse 6. God speaks to Moses and says, I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Lord, guide us in truth. Your word is truth. Dear friends, some of you may remember that I have stood up here once before and said how much I love babies. I really, really do. But as my children have grown, I've Sometimes had to search for things that I like about older children. And I have started to find something to enjoy, and it's their memories. Children's memories are amazing things. I mean, if you're talking to a kid and you haven't trained them, You can answer a question of something they'd like to do, and you'll say, maybe. And they will take those letters and rearrange them and somehow lose a few. And they will remember that maybe as a resounding yes. And they'll remind you of that for the next 30 years. Their memories are great at recalling obscure facts at even more obscure times. Like if you're driving down the road and you hear from the back seat, did you know, you should really pay attention because whatever's coming next is probably going to be gold. Right around this season, is when I start to hear from my kids, remember when, and especially on those cold and snowy mornings, most of the remember when is, remember when we went to Noah's Ark, and not the museum down in Kentucky, the Dells. Remember when we were at the water park and how awesome it was, and the water felt so good, and it was nice and warm? And when can we go? Can we go now? The memories are amazing. And of course, at this time, we want to remember the summer. We want to remember those water park days where the water is just right and refreshing. Remembering those things help us to get through the rather late winter, early spring snowstorms, don't they? They help us to remember the happy times, the good times. And maybe if we woke up on daylight savings maybe a little crabby, those memories can help us to be a little more joy-filled. Today we remember water. Not the Noah's Ark water, park water, but the water that God provided for His people. We remember that as God has provided that water that was just right for the people of Israel, it was just right for the need that they truly had, and it was just right for the growth that they needed. The people of Israel had a lot of reasons to remember water. At the 17th chapter of Exodus, they had been through a lot, including a literal sea, where the water was on either side of them as great walls and dry ground underneath their feet. They were a people of millions wandering in the wilderness or the desert that is literally defined as not having a lot of water. And as we know, wandering in a desert, though it may make for good Bearer Grylls TV episodes, it really isn't that much of a good time. These people of Israel wandered and still had basic needs. They needed Water and food. They had plundered Egypt when they left. They'd taken all the gold, but they still needed to drink. So as they came to the wastelands of the Sinai Peninsula, God provided for them. At a place called Mara, he turned the water sweet so that they could drink. And as feeding this many people is no easy task, they turned to their God and he provided manna from heaven and quail for their every need. They were experiencing miracle after miracle with Moses as their leader and their God speaking directly to him. It was an amazing time for the people of Israel and awful. Getting up in the wasteland and trudging forward and then rest and repeat. No rinse allowed in this situation. These people absolutely got tired and worn down from this seemingly endless march. And this march was always away from the most recent blessing that they had been provided. And so as is the habit of people of Israel at this time, as soon as they lost sight of that last miracle, it was out of mind. You would think that they would have firmly etched in their minds the terror and exaltation they felt as they waited on the shores of the Red Sea with only a glowing cloud in between them and the army of Pharaoh. And then as they watched on the other side as the Red Sea literally ate the army of Pharaoh, that should have been indelibly marked in their minds. You'd think that they would hold tightly to that, just so that when, just things, seemed to, when things seemed just to be their worst, they would know that the Lord would provide exactly what they needed. But remember what I said about kids' memories before and how amazing they are? They're also pretty amazing at being selective. They're very good at forgetting the lessons that we try and put in. Much like the people of Israel soon israel grumbled about how great it was in egypt which it wasn't and how it was all moses fault that they and theirs were going into the desert to die how could they forget the blessings that had just happened how could they forget the manna and quail and how easily They forgot the awful experience that they had in Egypt, where just a single generation before there was a culling of the babies of the Hebrews. And they want to talk about how good it was back there? So Moses sighs and says, What am I to do with these people? In a tone that every parent ever has had to take at least one pint, at one time with their children. And I think he was totally justified in that tone too. A bit of exasperation at these people. Now they were justified to call out to their God. Oh yes, because there was a need. But when they got belligerent, When the text says they started to quarrel with Moses, no, then they crossed a line. They were fighting with the guy who literally talked with God and didn't die from it. I think the argument kind of went like this, we need water, God will provide. No, we need water now. God will provide. It will be okay. No, you make it happen now. <sighs> Have we argued with God like this? Have we ever demanded that God meet our needs, our ways, on our timetable? Do we ever go too far when we have a need? Just like Israel, we come into seasons of life when we definitely have a need and aren't sure how it's going to be satisfied. We don't know how it's going to work out. And in those moments, we are quite right to call out to God and seek His aid. But sometimes sometimes we forget, just like Israel. We forget the times that God has pulled us out of the fire. We forget the times that He has closed up the mouths of the lions and sat with us in a pool of our tears. We get caught up in the need, in the struggle, in the rat race, in the desperation the hurt, and maybe even we go and scream at the heavens about how God has left us to fend for ourselves, claiming He doesn't give us all that we need. Not understanding our own wants versus needs. Because it's the need that God wants us to recognize. The people of Israel needed to be saved from Egypt. They needed to be guided through the wilderness. They needed water. And each of these things could only be given by the God of heaven and earth. And each of these moments was to remind them of how the true God does provide for needs. And friends, our needs are met by that same God. We needed to be saved We need to be guided. We need water. And so God demonstrates His great love for us. He sent Jesus, the very water of life. While we were still sinners, He sent Jesus. While we were still under the penalty of sin and blind to its dominance in our lives, Jesus came. Just as the water of Meribah slaked the thirst and satisfied the needs of the whining Israelites, the living water of Jesus came to us poor, miserable sinners and satisfied our needs. There is no other water that was around for them to do the trick and there is no other water for us that could revive our souls to bring life into us. It's only Jesus who could do that. The water that was just right for the need. But the water was also good for growth. The people of Israel were once again able to see that they were provided for, but but note how God interacts with Moses, too. Moses was a bit of an emotive guy. He would get worked up about things that were going on, and he would, he would complain a little bit even of himself. You could hear it when he cried to God about how he wasn't fit. He's slow of speech. Uh, he doesn't know what he can do. As he was working to set the people free, even as they struggled into the, into the, in the wilderness, Moses would get worked up. He needed a special reminder as well. Moses needed to be reminded that the powerful God who sent the plagues on Egypt was who he was following. The God who turned the Nile to blood, who darkened the sun, who claimed the firstborn in Egypt, but passed over those who followed His decrees. That is who was in charge. So he tells Moses to grab his staff, but he does it in a particular way, doesn't it? Doesn't he? That staff with which you struck the Nile. That's how he spoke to Moses, remember me, he says, remember how awesome I was then? I'm still just as powerful. Now when Moses went to the rock, God told him that he would be standing there. Now I don't know if Moses could see him or not, but I'm sure that Moses had a new confidence that he was. That subtle reminder of the staff would have gone pretty far with the, oh yeah, factor of remembering. God was telling Moses, don't worry about the people. Yes, they are worked up, and yes, they are in need, but I, I am not leaving you. I am right here with you this whole time. So Moses grew his confidence in God was such that the very next verses in Exodus tell, is where he tells Joshua that he will stand with the staff of God in his hands. This water incident was good. The water was just right for the growth that needed to happen. The people of Israel needed to grow in their trust. Moses needed to grow in his confidence in God and we, We need to grow in our trust, confidence, and hope. And how does that happen? The same way that it happened for the Samaritan woman at the well. By being in contact with Jesus. By being in contact with Jesus, the water of life, we see the wondrous love of our Father. We see that He spared nothing when it came to restoring the relationship between Him and His creation. Knowing that He has done all of this just for us. What are the trials of today compared to that love? What's a little thirst compared to the fact that God made heaven our home? What's a little struggle? when we know that we have eternal peace with god purchased with jesus blood what's a little hurt when we know that the day is coming when god will wipe every tear from our eyes we know that we can endure these things because god's love has been been poured into our hearts The living water that is Jesus flows in us. A spring of water to eternal life. This knowledge, this is growth. This is growing in grace, God's undeserved love for us. This is truth. That heaven is our home because Jesus is our Savior. And this growth, it changes us. And it changes our attitudes and our behaviors. We don't need to gripe like Israel did here. And we don't need to despair like those around us who have no hope. We are neither abandoned nor alone. We have Emmanuel, God, with us. And so the very real answer to the question of verse 7, is the Lord among us or not, is a resounding yes. And one that lasts forever because Jesus promised to be with us even to the very end of the age. God is with us and has shown His love in many different ways in our lives. So let's try and have a childlike, amazing memory about this. Let's have that memory that looks to the promises of God where He says, Yes, I am with you, and hold on to them for those snowy, cold moments of life where we're a little run down, we're a little tired, we're a little crabby. But God is with us. God has given us a new life in Jesus our Savior. And Let's have that selective memory. Let's forget about the hurts. And let's focus on that love of God that is poured out when we need it the most. Let's remember to look at Jesus at the well, the living water, the water that was just right, just right for our need and just right for our growth. Amen.